Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Steel and Whiskey. I'm Doug Evans. And I'm David Zabka. So we've got a uh, kind of a little bit of a new format here. We're going to uh, take this podcast on the road. Um, so we've been out the last couple of months. We've been to a lot of places. Uh, what are some of the places we've been, David? Yep. So uh, finally, it's been great to, to get out on the road. Just missed everybody. Love seeing everybody in person. Um, you know, I've been to uh, actually two CFA, Central Fabricators Association, meetings here in the last couple of months. Uh, been to FabTech. I've been to SDS2 Summit that we had down in Florida. Yeah, and I've been to a TSSI. I pretended uh, uh, I would participated, not pretended. I participated in a CFA as well, and then uh, was at Summit, and and we had Tyler at SEAA and and Virginia South Carolina Steel Association. So we've been to a lot of places, and have gotten some good information from all those places that maybe we wanted to share and talk about a little bit. But first. Let's talk about the whiskey we got going. The whiskey, all right. Well, you, you go first. Doug, so Doug provided the whiskey this week. Uh, you know, be honest, I didn't bring my own, but I got a Knob Creek here, uh, old fashioned on the rocks. So very smooth, very good. Um, yeah. No Compared to other old fashions. Compared to other old fashions, it's uh, it's up there. I'd say it's top notch. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Yeah. Very good. Um, I'm back with Oak and Eden. Um, they have so many since they they finished the whiskey in a in the bottle, and and they can flavor it so many different ways. You know, a lot of people say they maybe don't like whiskey, um, and you know my I guess my comeback is you haven't tried hard enough <laughs> because they they have so many flavor profiles that you'll find one, um, and they just they do such a great job. The one I'm doing is called a Bourbon Inspire, which is a, kind of a toasted oak. Uh, flavor, but it's it's again outstanding. I love I love the brand, uh, so they do a nice job. Very good, very good. So let's uh, should we dive into what we actually learned at some of these uh, different sure. associations sure. that we've been to? Go ahead and talk about uh, CFA. Yeah. So the the first the first meeting I was at once we finally got back on the road here was uh, CFA up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it was beautiful up there when when I went. Uh, you know, a lot of good conversations that happened there. You know, we had a, a Lincoln Electric representative that was there. He uh, kind of gave a presentation on their twin uh, wire welding head. I believe they call it Hyperfill. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, the TSSI, the Texas Structural Steel Institute that I attended, they went through the Hyperfill, which is a dual wire um, and torch. Um, and maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, what's great about that is just the amount of material it lays down as you're welding. Uh, so rather than having to make you know two passes on a weld, you might be able to get by with with one. Uh, you know the other thing that I recall about it is your welder doesn't have to move even for just like a small five sixteenths weld. Your welder doesn't almost doesn't even have to move that head back and forth because it lays enough material down without having to move the head so much so. and the tssi they allowed a lot of us to go ahead and do some welding and the, there were two things that were really interesting uh, as a ver as opposed to earlier versions of things they've tried to create to put more material is that they don't it, this fits on a normal torch and so the, the welders in the shop don't have to adapt and they said that was something that was really useful and, and instead of a guy trying a, a piece that they weren't comfortable with and just throwing it away and not using it again that the welders were actually using this one. 
Um, and so they thought that was interesting. And, and again, the ability to not have to turn the, the torch and the head kind of swivels was, was something that saved some time. But again, I, it, like everybody said, the amount of material they could place at one pass was, was uh, certainly way more important than going a little bit faster. Very good, very good. If I recall correct, there there were some some adjustments in that that got to be made to uh, your welders and that. So you, I'm by no means an expert on how to get that going on Lincoln Electric. You know, can talk yeah. to those guys on it. Exactly. But. So how many people were there? Was it good good attendance? Yeah, that was a good attendance. Um, you know, I think we had forty to fifty people there, so that was good stuff. Um, you know, I so that particular meeting was up in Grand Rapids. Uh, last week, I was actually at another CFA meeting down in Phoenix, uh, beautiful Phoenix. Weather was beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Uh, you know, that one was a, a little bit different topic. So that one kind of centered a lot around software integrations, and it all kind of stems from the uh, end-of-life announcement from FabTroll. So that's a big deal for fabricators right now. There's a lot of them. Kind of scrambling to figure out what they're going to do with that deal. So uh, it was a really good discussion. You know, I was happy to be there to kind of guide people and make sure people understand where SDS2 stands with all of that in the in the market there. Uh, so yeah. I'm sure you've had discussions as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I was part of a panel. Um, AIC organized a panel with us, um, FabTroll and Stu, Strumis and uh, Tech EPM, and just to talk through you know, what are the options and what are the, the functions? Because it does put some of these fabricators that have, that have based a lot of their fabrication documentation on, on FabTroll in a, in a bit of a bind moving forward. So um, AIC, I thought, did an outstanding job. Luke uh, organized that meeting just to put people at ease, um, that, that there is a path, there's options, um, and so that it, it, it was good education. And, and like, and we've talked before, um, we, we integrate great with both, um, you know, with, with Strumis, we have XML transfers and, and different transfers and with Techly EPM, really, once you get into, uh, Trimble Connect, it, it's very similar integrations because that's, that's where both, uh, detailing products integrate with EPM is through Trimble Connect. So we have integrations there too. Yeah. And, and, uh, we're still actively working with EPM, uh, just to, figure out ways we can improve that transfer of information between SDS2 and EPM. So, uh, you know, like everything else in the software world, it, it's always changing, always evolving, always getting better. And we're going to try to continue to do that with EPM Absolutely. as well. So, you know, that relationship is still good there. Uh, we actually output the uh, Strumis's native file format. I think it's a BSWX, so mm -hmm. that's a pretty seamless transfer. And then... I would also say, you know, those aren't necessarily the only two players in that game either. So yeah, especially for, sure. for some of you smaller guys, uh, fabricators out there, you might look at EJE or uh, Steel Projects has a pretty good product out there too. It, it all depends on your needs. So definitely uh, make sure you're checking out all your options when it comes to that. Yeah, sure. And what, and what were you using it for? Maybe you were just using it for estimating. Where, where there's a t there's other tools. Certainly, we have an, an, a model-based estimating workflow that can get you close in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, you know, th then there's other options out there too. So, um, yeah, just understand what you were using um, out of the FabTroll before it became into life, and and then what you you want going forward. Yeah. 
Um, to kind of wrap up the the Texas Structural Steel Institute, there was there was other software presentations, and like I said, we got to do some manual welding there. So, um, but that was a good meeting, very well attended. Uh, you know, like I said, probably thirty Texas fabricators were there. So, did did you weld yourself, Doug? A, a little. And, I didn't. And, I didn't uh, hurt anybody. So was it like a chicken scratch weld, or, or how to how to come out? Yeah, it chicken like? scratch. Okay, so you're a little rusty on the when it comes to the welding. Sure, sure. <laughs> I can solder better than I can weld. Let's put it that way. Uh, Fabtech, what did you find there? So you know, Fabtech is uh, traditionally Fabtech is a very large trade show. Uh, this year it was up in Chicago again. They kind of do a rotation, and the attendance was certainly down this year due to all, all the circumstances in the world. Understandable. Uh, but it was was uh, great conversations that I had there. You know, everybody that stopped by the booth was really looking to to move something and progress forward and implement new things and, and get new technology into their workplace. So, you know, that was really great from that standpoint. I I was excited to have a lot of those conversations with people trying to progress and get better all the time. Uh, one of the I would say kind of overwhelming themes there was robotics. So, yeah, you know, sure. the, the Zeman, the Petty Assembler, uh, you know, AGT robotics, different things like that. So I think that goes back to the fact that uh, good good help is hard to find right now. There, there's kind of a labor problem that we have going on, right? And, and the Texas Structural Steel Institute... Um, event was held at Lincoln Electric and, and they discussed the Zeman machine and and all the the hurdles that, that you had to go through and what that changes and how that changes the shop and that, that that was certainly interesting to hear in what manufacturing versus fabrication you know almost moving trying to move the steel fabrication world a little bit into that manufacturing world and a lot of the hurdles that it, that that creates so yeah that was that's some great discussion for sure mm -hmm. yeah certainly was great and some of these are some overlapping deals here too, right? So you mentioned kind of manufacturing, automobile manufacturing, that type of thing. They've been using robots forever to weld stuff, but typically those are very repetitive parts and it's sure. just something doing the same thing over and over again. So that's kind of a, a hurdle with the structural market is not everything is quite as repetitive. You, you have some right. parts that are, but for the most part, it, it's not all repetitive work. So I think that's always been a big hurdle with the robotics standpoint yep. and, Absolutely. and steel fabricators. Um, you know, in, in CFA, part of that conversation always stemmed back to structural structural fabricators are, are about 10 years behind a lot of the other industries so i think yeah. we're now finally starting to see some of that stuff catch up which is from an awesome. automation standpoint sure. from an automation standpoint correct yep. you know and and also we uh, we kicked off our summit again so we survived our summit if you can say <laughs> it, it was a bit rough yes. yes it was late nights uh but a lot of fun a lot of great conversations oh, outstanding very, very productive um I just, one other thing I'd mentioned on Fabtech before we move on, Doug, sure. is, you know, another another great thing that I saw at Fabtech was great conversation about our load planning product. Mm -hmm. So, ton of people are starting to see the value in that load planning. Um, we've had some fabricators start using that that tell us they, they've seen like a 50% reduction in their loading time. 
Yeah, and we've got a really nice case uh, study on that as well. So, and it, and it's interesting as as we've had this is the second and the third year that people have using it and having those conversations of how useful and effective the tool is for them now. You know, before they're like, I'm not sure who's going to use it. We've never needed them in the past, but now that they have it, how many different ways they're using it and how that's impacting how they plan the project um, is is a, that's great. And, and we and we we kind of thought that might be the case. No, certainly pretty awesome. But, and then Summit, so we we went on the road for Summit. <laughs> on the road yeah. again. So, that, you know, we've always had it in Lincoln. It's always been in Lincoln. Right? Been I guess Lincoln. we went to, to Omaha one year. Yes. Uh, but other than that, always been in Lincoln and went down to Florida this year. Yeah. To, on the beach. Yeah, that beautiful was... Beautiful beach. Beautiful beach. Minus the rain. Rained a little well, bit. Well, it had... <laughs> the, so there was the red tide. <laughs> red tide, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Um, but this, so it, it has been outstanding to have in Lincoln, and that's great to have some programmer and customer interaction. But so one of the concepts of moving it out around is it it is such a valuable event. You have fabricators and detailers and engineers all in the same space, sharing ideas, people that are knowledgeable about the product, sharing it with us, how they use it, and so it's really a good celebration and learning. And we thought if we could just move that from different parts of the country, we could grow the event, and it certainly played out this year. We had a lot of first-time people. Oh, I saw so many people at this event that I hadn't seen before in Lincoln. And all can be traced back to location. So now it was a lot more convenient for fabricators or detailers down there in Florida to just drive there. So sure. it's convenience or, you know, it's a lot easier to fly into Tampa than it is Lincoln, Nebraska, let's be honest. Sure. And, and we'll continue to move it. And I heard yeah. many times from the first-timers that now that they've been to one, they don't care where it is. They're going to go to another one. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we can continue to grow that 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 population, I, I think it just it just benefits everybody. Yeah, um, it just benefits everybody. And so, there was a lot of discussion there about you know how tos and what tos and not tos stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we had uh, you know we're still still talking about twenty twenty one and the the user interface overhaul. So mm -hmm. there's been a lot of people have adopted it very quickly and had good success with it. Others are a, a little uh, slower to adopt it, which understandable. Um, yeah, but no. I, I heard from a lot of people after that and seeing some of it that they were going to go back home and they're just they their worries were taken away. So yeah. that but, was good. But no experienced you ever user ever said, "Oh, please change my user interface." <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, well, please, please, yeah, please change anything. Yeah. no, they just wanted to be the they, same. They know how to always. use it and, and they're Agreed. comfortable with it. Yeah. But I, I do think it's. <laughs> Having used it myself, I really love some of the features. The search feature has saved me many, many times yeah. on having to hunt and peck for stuff. So it's been awesome. So, what else? Uh, what else at Summit? I mean, did you sit through any of the sessions or have good conversations? Yeah, so at, we had a partner pavilion as well, and I thought that was great. So to see all those guys again that we've been around in this industry for a long time, hadn't seen for a while. So this, that that uh, partner presentation, the Shurkin thing with the. Uh, um, the tube For connections, Atlas tube, the Atlas with tube the was connections was yeah. interesting. So learning that, um, and and we've got some cool products coming up that that will you guys will be knowing about fairly soon. But kind of presenting that to the first look stuff and kind of where we're going with that and letting that population help us drive the direction of that uh, was pretty pretty exciting too. We even had some first time exhibitors there. Yeah, absolutely, in the partner pavilion, I know. Core brace, I believe. Uh, 
uh, lightning rail. Lightning rail was was a first timer. Sure. Wire draw, a um, couple others. So with a lot of first time users, a lot of first time uh, partners there as well. So. so if your user plan on going to next year, although you won't get grouper nuggets. <laughs> which, which are just outstanding. We know we're, we we do live in Nebraska, so we don't get grouper nuggets here. But if you're ever in Tampa, stop by and get no, some grouper nuggets. No, nobody nobody from SDS two was ordering a steak in Florida. Yeah, I'll just say for that sure, it, for sure. it was all it was all seafood. So, well, and are we going to San Antonio next year? Is that that's maybe, plausible? We may be. That's that's kind of looking like we may hit the south. Uh, we were in the southeast, so maybe we're going to navigate more towards the south. San Antonio would be an obvious. Great location, I think. I think that's the front runner, but there's got to be some evaluation and investigation there. That's that'll be happening fairly soon. So we'll announce it as soon as we can. But that is that is certainly plausible. So can I just say, last time I was in San Antonio, we sat on the Riverwalk, <laughs> had some amazing fresh guacamole yeah. made right in front of us. It was outstanding. And so if, and if Roy Eaton was Central Texas Ironworks listening. The history lesson on Santa Ana was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. I'll never forget. It. Never forget. That. Well, um, it's it's been fun. Again, we want to wrap this up, but you know we've been on the road again, um, and we just kind of wanted to tell you a little bit about our experiences the last couple months. Um, and in the in the next year, as we go out on the road as different sales staff, it might be David, uh, Nate, Tyler, or myself. Out on the road, we might just ask you to spend five or ten minutes uh, recording maybe some projects that are cool you're doing or what kind of shop implementation you think is unique or just something we can talk about um, in fabrication to keep everybody listening. Yeah, um, no, that's outstanding, Doug. Uh, and I'd just like to throw out there, you know, a lot of you probably already heard already. We, we had some uh, changes here with SDS2. Uh, that's kind of the reason why I'm here today instead of Michelle. So I'm, I know everybody loves Michelle. She's great. I love her too. Uh, I'm kind of stepping in here, taking over a little bit. She, she's got some additional responsibilities in a new role here that she's overtaken. So she's kind of in charge of our whole support, sales, marketing uh, departments. So she's a busy, busy woman right now. And... Yeah, I'll probably be doing this a little bit more, but I'm sure we'll have guest speakers and everything else to happen here also. So 